So here's today's transformational truth. Responsibility before maturity can produce unnecessary agony. Welcome to the Transformational Truth Podcast, where we're committed to eliminating the obstacles that take the joy out of life and leadership. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Transformational Truths. Our special guest today is Naomi Dow. She's one of the primary leaders of an incredible organization called Cell Phone Permit. Her mission is to help parents and educators cultivate healthy and positive relationships with children and devices as well as supporting teenagers in navigating the good, the bad, and the ugly in this digital world. Naomi has a passion for the next generation. As a previous volleyball coach, juvenile detention corrections officer, a teacher, and a youth group leader, she's been leading and mentoring teens for the past decade. We had a phenomenal conversation around this subject of protecting the next generation. You are going to be blessed by this episode. Let's go ahead and jump into it. So here's today's transformational truth. Responsibility before maturity can produce unnecessary agony. Parents, leaders, next generation leaders, uh, youth pastors, pastors, listen, I want you to really lean into this episode, okay? Because here's the deal. The emergence of mobile devices has created a much more creative and connected world. Absolutely, absolutely. We, we use them, we love them, they're great. On one hand, uh, giving our kids cell phones can bring a sense of security, right? Like, you know you can reach them, you know your kids can reach you anytime. However, there's also serious challenges that come with handing our kids mobile devices too soon and, and, and now more than ever. We need to protect our kids, right? Who do not realize the traps that have been laid out there in that digital world. And here helping us unpack today's transformational truth is Naomi Dow, the cell phone who, of cell phone permit. Uh, Naomi, welcome. We're honored to have you here today. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm honored to be with you guys. I'm excited you're here. I have been following you on Instagram. Love what you guys are doing. Love what you're doing for families. And I'm excited for the value and the wisdom you're going to bring to the table. We have a lot of leaders, ministry leaders, pastors, uh, youth pastors, et cetera, that are listening, especially. I'm excited to expose them to what cell phone permit is doing. So here's what I'd like to do to get started. Can you take a few minutes and just tell us about cell phone permit and its mission? Yes. So cell phone permit was created um, by a team of pastors, youth leaders, counselors, and teachers. When we saw such a need for proactive education for families and their children um, when navigating the digital world and with cell phones. And we modeled it after driver's education because back in 1927 um, in Gilbert, Minnesota, they realized that um, there needed to be a little bit of training maybe before you go to a car lot and purchase, you know, a thousand pound piece of equipment right. and off the lot. There needed to be some education. Um, and as we were seeing everything that kids and teens were falling into with cell phones and devices that we needed to create 
an educational program for them and their families. So we have modeled it after driver's education that before you take on this heavy responsibility mm. of having a cell phone, we need to walk through some education. And just like in driver's ed, you know, depending on the state, there's about around 30 hours of behind the wheel training with an adult. Same thing with cell phone use. It is a partnership with mm. your parent or guardian in the beginning stages. And it's introduced in phases. You don't get the whole smartphone right away, right? We need to earn that trust and we need to walk towards that. And mm. as a family unit, and we really, really emphasize that it is a whole community approach. Mm. It can't just be on the parents anymore because technology is everywhere. The right. students are affected in school, they're affected in churches, they're affected in their sports by it, not even just in the home. So we have to do, we have to, you know, support this generation as a whole community approach. And we're really, you know, challenging our educators and our youth leaders to get involved and help parents with this epidemic that we're facing. Mm, Wow, so good. You know, we, my wife and I have been very careful with handing technology over to our kids and giving them phones. We, um, we didn't want to put something in their hands that they hadn't matured to the point of being able to, to manage or, or to steward. We didn't feel like for us, we, we felt like we would set them up to fail if we did that. Um, and, and, you know, the truth is the moment a kid is given a cell phone, it literally puts the whole world at their fingertips. Yes. That's a lot of power. I mean, that's, that's a lot of responsibility. I mean, when I was a kid, I mean, you know, um, you didn't have that kind of access. You didn't, everything was, it wasn't as accessible. And, and now we've got this generation where we're, we're putting the whole world at their fingertips. And that's a lot of power. I recently read a shocking, Naomi, shocking, shocking number that uh, a statistic that said the average age, a child is first exposed to pornography is 11. Yes. 11 years old. Can you just go a little bit deeper and talk to us for the parents that are listening, for the leaders that are listening? Can you kind of help paint a little bit of a picture and talk to us about some of the dangers of giving a child a cell phone too soon? Yes. So, you know, you mentioned that the average age um, that a teenager first is exposed to pornography is 11 years old. I recently read an article this week that the average child is only two clicks away from pornography. Oh, my Um, goodness. Two clicks. And I think we have to, you know, come to terms with a lot of these companies are targeting our children. Mm -hmm. Our children are specifically being targeted for pornography you know, inappropriate videos, inappropriate images, videos, everything like that. And the dangers, you know, parents realize the dangers of cyberbullying, right? Um, Of sexting, you know, of meeting people online that we don't know. You know, one in 10 people on the internet are saying that they are someone who they are not. Um, Mm. I don't know if, you know, most of our parents are leaders. When we give devices, to our children, they just see it as in their hands. They don't actually realize that that is a connection to the world until it gets physical, right? Until Mm. they see it in the physical. Right. But there are so many dangers, you know, we, in our classes that we have in our schools and when we host our own classes and on our online class, we talk with our parents about social media anxiety and how 
real that is to our students. Um, and that sometimes we as adults don't understand the magnitude of that because we didn't grow yeah. up with that, right? Right, right. But these social media channels were designed. The Social Dilemma documentary is a wonderful documentary mm. that really walks through how these social media platforms were created to be addicted. And that those psychological effects are just as dangerous for our children yeah. as cyber, you know, anything that could turn physical, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So also the dangers that can turn physical, but also the psychological effects of social media anxiety, the cyberbullying, right? I mean, the depression and suicide rates for our teenagers have skyrocketed. Um, teenagers are on their cell phone seven to nine hours a day. Hold on a second. You said teenagers and young adults are on their cell phones seven to nine hours per day. Per day. Per day. Per day. Okay. Wow. Wow. So there's 24 hours in a day. <laughs> you're, you're, you're sleeping somewhere in there. Um, and you're spending a whole bunch of time looking at this screen. Uh, there's another important point I want to highlight that you mentioned that's, that's, that I want to make sure our listeners are hearing. Uh, you said our kids are about roughly two clicks away yes. uh, from pornography. Um, yeah. You um, you also said that one in ten people, one in ten people on the internet, are pretending to be somebody that they're not. So Correct. I want to paint this picture because you're making some incredible observations, and I I think sometimes as parents there's this pressure, you know, to yeah. give their give their kid this device um, as a gift because there's so much social pressure. Yes. Absolutely. Around having a device like, you know, it's, it's now a mark of, of prestige. It's a mark of belonging. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's like wearing the cool clothes, but now you've got a phone. Um, yeah. But what it does to our kids, mental health and emotional health, the depression, the, the, the social anxiety. Um, I don't think people realize. I mean, when I was a kid, Naomi, mm -hmm. if you had drama at school, it stayed there. And right. Yeah. And you went home and you both went about your life. You went to bed, you got up the next morning. It was probably over the next day. Like, you know, you both forgot about it. Right. But now the drama continues to live online. Yes. The bullying, the, 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 the remarks, the gossiping, the, the, the backbite, all of, all of that, all of that relational drama. Speak to that for a second. Yeah. So that's why cyberbullying is just magnified, you know, than what the in-person bullying that we were used to in school. Mm -hmm. Students feel like they cannot escape it. Right. They, there is no safe place for them. There is no safe place mm -hmm. because they're always on their phone and they're always in that digital world and it's everywhere, right? And the cyberbullying can happen everywhere, right? So even though like in-person bullying, the students, you know, the children, when they go home, they have a safe place. There is right. no safe place on the internet. Right. Right. And it can happen at any time. So they don't know when it's going to happen. So then that anxiety of, is this going to happen? When is this going to happen? It's, I mean, you just get anxious thinking about it, like through their lens, at right. that age. Right. you know, something that they can't escape and it doesn't go away because we teach this in our class about your digital tattoo. Whatever you put out on the internet, whatever you post, like, or share becomes your digital tattoo or personal mm. resume. And when cyberbullying happens, it not only can happen anywhere at any time, but it never necessarily goes away. 
like that post or that mean comment can always be there. Even right. if you delete it right off of your page, like it, it will exist somewhere. Right. Which is right. another sponsor in, in it itself. Wow. You know, I, yeah. I don't, I don't know any numbers or statistics, but I just can't imagine, you know, teenagers, junior high students, high school students feeling that anxiety, you know, worried about what people are thinking, worried about what, what people are writing, sitting there looking at their phone, wondering what someone's going to say or respond to. And it's interesting because it seems like we live in a culture where, where the negative gets a lot of attention, where the drama gets a lot of attention and it starts this snowball effect that can just turn disasters. I mean, we've read about disasters in the news, but this is why this conversation is so important for youth leaders, for, for uh, parents, for teachers, for youth pastors, etc. cetera. Uh, we need to be a part of this solution. Practically speaking, Naomi, yeah. what's something a parent can do to protect their child from some of these pitfalls that you've addressed? So one of the most basic things, and we get this question asked all the time from their parents, like, what can I do? And the most basic thing we can tell parents for their first step, and most parents don't like it, is you need to model this positive behavior for your student. Mm. You need to model this for them. You know, there was a study done that students who had watched their parents text and drive, not wear a seatbelt or speed in the car, didn't see those habits as unsafe because their parents did it. Uh, wow. The same is for cell phone use, right? If you hold your cell phone and your child can't see it, like it's very private, it's only your information, they're going to model that same behavior. Hmm. So for you to get involved in their digital life is going to end in an argument because that, <laughs> yes, that expectation is not set. And those behaviors were not modeled for them. You know, children can be terrible at doing what we say or ask them to do, but they're amazing at doing what we do. Wow. That Hold is on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop, stop, stop. Yeah. Back up. Say that one more time. Children can be terrible at doing what we ask them to do, but they are amazing at doing what we do. Dear Lord. Yes. Wow. Such a powerful point. Yes. So your first, your first advice to the parent is, yeah. is, is adaptive change. It is like, okay, well, it starts with how you handle your mobile device, your relationship with your phone, et cetera. Uh, yeah. Okay. Wow. And that's interesting because we live in a world that loves the quick fix, um, the, the technical fix. Well, can I just download an app? Is there, you know, how, how do, how do I help my kid? Can I down, I'll even pay for the app. What do I need to do? And your answer is, well, it's a little more than that. It's, it's an adaptive change. It starts with you. How are you going to interact with your device? How are you going to model it for your kids? Um, that is an important, uh, probably a vital component because I imagine uh, it's easy to throw money at something. It's a little harder to get behavior to change. Right. And we get the parental control um, suggestions a lot. We get that often and we promote parental controls. Right. And we sure. talk about them with our students in class that there. We talk about the bumper effect. Right. That parental controls are just a bumper for you to be able to get a strike in whatever your goal is online. But let's be honest. Our kids were born into a digital world. They know how to get around all of it. If they want to, they can bypass all of those parental controls 
in five minutes. They are mm. smart. They mm -hmm. were born into this world and it's as easily easy as Googling how do I bypass this barrier? You know what I mean? Right, like, right, right, right. So what we do in cell phone permit is we lay the foundation of what are your family values? On the first day of class, the first thing they do is they write out their family values. You know, mm. what do your parents believe in? What do you believe in? And everything that they do online and everything that we learn in the course all comes back to who do you want to be and what do you represent? Wow. So that everything that they're doing online becomes like, is that who I am? Is that what I yes. want to represent? Yes. Um, Cause they want that. They want that feeling of integrity, authenticity. Like this is who I am. Yes. This is who I represent. But I think when they're on their devices, it's so easy to just go down the rabbit hole because yeah. I mean, it's all touch. It's all like sensory. It's so quick. It's so fast. Right. So really lay that foundation and open that discussion for families of what are your values? And let's lead with that. Wow. Yeah. Well, I absolutely love your approach. And, and I'm going to tell you, I was already a fan. I'm a bigger fan now because you guys are starting with what matters. Um, you're, you're not starting with behavior. You're starting with identity. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I'm convinced that in every aspect of life, that is crucial. I think it's easy to step past identity and just go right to activity. But if you're having, if you haven't settled on who you are and who it is that you're called to be, um, you're always going to struggle uh, right. because you're not you're not building on the right foundation. So that's vital. You said something a second ago. I just it's still running through my mind. I love I love how you said it. Uh, you essentially correct me if I'm wrong. You said something like this. So if you're going to help your child with their mobile device, essentially it's going to involve an argument. Um, yeah, it will. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. It's gonna happen. And, you know, you got to go in with that mindset of, I am my child's greatest ally. Absolutely. I am their greatest ally. They can Absolutely. make a mistake on their device and not be a mistake. That's right. Yeah. Creating that open space for those discussions. And, you know, maybe they end up in an argument. Creating that space for them is so healthy when they know that, oh, I messed up. But you know what? I, I can tell my parents and they're going to help me get to where I need to be and get me back on track, creating that space for them. And even as a youth leader is like, that's what they need. They need that space where they feel heard mm. and they feel understood. Uh, this is something I always say in the context when I'm talking about marriage, um, but I think the principle applies. I always say everybody wants a great marriage, but nobody wants to have a bad day. Yes. Yeah. You know, everybody wants to have a great marriage, but nobody wants to have the tough conversation. Nobody wants to lean into the stuff that they need to talk about. Nobody's talking about same principle. Everybody wants to raise a child that's emotionally healthy, but nobody wants the conflict of, okay. of dealing with it. And you can't separate those two things. But but don't you think that's just a part of being a parent? Absolutely. Absolutely. And as a youth leader, you know, those difficult conversations and those valleys are what get you you know, to the green grass, they get you to the breakthrough, right? Yeah. You just need to be involved and stay involved and not be afraid of those conversation. And as parents and youth leaders, you know, have those conversations about how we're going to approach this before we go into it. Yeah. You got to be a unit going into it together and on the same page so that it's not, you know, well, mom said this and dad said this, you know, right. Right. So they play the game. They'll play the game as much right. as they can. Right. So go in, you know, either as a staff 
or as parents as a unit. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that's a great segue to my my next question. And you've already begun to touch on this. Maybe we can wade in the water a little bit more. But what advice would you offer the parent who feels like, oh, shoot, um, well, I made a mistake. I gave my I gave my son or my daughter a phone a little too soon. I I know mm-hmm. I did. They weren't ready for it. But 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 now they're there and now they're living on it. And now their social life seems to be on it. And they don't know how to put this thing in reverse, what advice would you offer that parent? Yes, we get this question asked every class, every class. Every uh, class. <laughs> every, every class. Most of our students um, receive cell phones at eight, seven, you know, those ages. And the parents are like, we, we messed up. We're going through things that if we would have had proactive education, we might not have been going through. But we always tell parents it's never too late to start from phase one. Uh, you know, it might hurt and it might be a journey, um, but earning, you know, that trust in those phases not only, you know, helps them build for the responsibility of having a cell phone, but it helps build your relationship with them. Right. 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 And, you know, some parents, you know, like, I don't know if that's going to work for us. And it's like, but you're the parent. Right. Right. <laughs> you, right. Have <laughs> you have to stand. You know? and, and we understand that, you know, they need to be, or they need to be right on social media for like their sports teams or things like that. But we also tell parents, you know what, you can have their social media account on your phone and when they need to access it, it's on your phone. Right, right, right. Or not necessarily there. So, I mean, you know, each family dynamic is different and you, whatever works for your family, you know that best, but it is never too late to start from phase one. Yeah, never- yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, excellent. Um, and excellent advice. Uh, any encouragement, Naomi, or advice for specifically the youth leaders, the youth pastors, or the children's pastors that are listening to this? How can they participate? How can they help protect the next generation? Yes. So our best advice is, you know what, there's because a lot of leaders and parents always want to know, you know, what's the new thing? What's the latest thing? What do I need to be aware of? Okay, that's always going to be there. It's technology is ever changing. It's always evolving. You right. know, we are best to stay on top of the latest trends and what to be aware of. Right. Um, but what you instill in them is going to keep them safe and it's going to make them the best digital citizen that they can be. Mm. The values and the habits and the examples that you instill in them, right? Mm. The seeds that you're planting, you know, They'll grow. They'll flourish. Yeah. They aren't in vain. Um, And that it's a journey. It is a journey, you know, just as, you know, you're leading them to be, you know, a good person, you know, and a good adult, especially in those teenage years, right? You're like, what is going on? What are we, what are we doing? Right, right, right. The same thing with online. It's a whole nother world, you know? And we always tell people, if you're thinking about, you know, getting your teen or child a cell phone, and they always ask, when is the best time? When is the best time? When your child can navigate their own reality is when they can navigate their digital reality. Oh, say that one more time. Yes. When your child can navigate their own reality successfully, that is when they can navigate their digital reality successfully. Oh, that's so good. Yes. But it's that's a journey. It's yeah. a journey. And it is a community approach. 
Um, and I think that's a big thing for parents too, is to be able to give our youth leaders, you know, that space and permission to help them in that journey, that digital journey and watching out for them. And the same with youth leaders, you know, you have to be that example for them. You know, when a child reaches their teenage years, they lose 80%, parents lose 80% of the influence. Parents lose 80% of the influence in their children. So who is that influence going towards? Is it who they're following on TikTok and YouTube? Or could it be their youth leader? Or mm. could it be their youth leader that they see online? You know? So how you carry yourself and represent yourself online too is, is so much more than you might think it is. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Oh, so, so good. I want to recap today's transformational truth. Responsibility before maturity can produce unnecessary agony. Incredible interview today. Naomi, where can people find you? cellphonepermit.com is the best place where you can um, read about us, um, look at our online course or in um, in-person classes or at the schools that we're in. Awesome. Listen, if you'd like to connect with Naomi, please check out the links that we've included for you in the show notes. And if Transformational Truths is helpful to you, please do me a favor, take a moment, go to Apple iTunes, rate the show, write us a quick review. I want to help you restore the joy to your life and leadership. Naomi, thank you. This was absolutely rich and practical. It's going to help a lot of people. Yes. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you.